of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Christina Ellis, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. Open phones here at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Zach is in Finley, Ohio, to start off this hour. Hi, Zach. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you, sir. How are you doing today? Better than we deserve. What's up in your world? Oh, my wife and I have been reviewing our financial picture and we were curious if we might be contributing too much to our traditional 401k and we're curious on your perspective okay how much are you putting in there uh last year i contributed to the max so twenty thousand five hundred uh or nineteen five i can't remember when the change was but mm-hmm. it was the max mm-hmm. six thousand of that was to the roth and then the remaining would have been to traditional 401k and then my wife's contribution would have been 18000 all going to traditional 401k. Okay. Now, you can do Roth 401k and a Roth personal. There's no prohib- prohibition on that. Sir, sir, yep. And we're... we're What's your household income? Well, we're at... I was just going to explain that. We're pulling in over 340 a year and so mm-hmm. we're in a position where we can't contribute to a Roth independent of what's offered through our um, employer unless we backdoor it yeah you can just do a backdoor Roth that's what I do so okay, okay. Um, um all right so 20 so what percentage of your income are you in putting into retirement when you add it all up have you figured that out um not directly so um, 20 you're doing 20 and she's doing 19 18. plus 8? No? no. Uh, she's doing 18 total. So our our total contribution that we're putting in would be about 38.5 a mm-hmm. year. And 15% um, would be 45. Correct. Yep. So okay. we need to, yeah, so what I'm, what I'm hearing in this is then we would need to be bumping up contributions outside of our traditional then, correct? Yeah, I mean, we, we tell folks at baby step four, or I assume you're out of debt and have an emergency fund, right? Yes, sir. Okay. Yep. Baby step four is 15% of your income into retirement, five kids college, and anything we can find in the budget beyond that, we pay off the house with baby step six, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. You guys yep. are doing great, though. That's awesome. I think just that little tweak, and you guys are going to be really set in a good spot. What made you think you were putting too much in? Uh, when we were projecting out what our balances would be when we get to retirement, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be really rich. Big. Yeah, you're yes, gonna have sir. a lot of money. <laughs> yep, we will. And what? So what? This started for us was a conversation about how do we retire early? Yeah. And then if all our money is tied up in some type of program where well, we can't fair. touch it without penalty, yeah. then we need to create a gap fund. Okay. So maybe if I'm fine with that or bridge fund, whatever we want to call them, you know, the, the 45, how old are you? 38. Yeah. So 45 to, how do I get from 45 to 59 and a half if I wanted to retire right. early and get to some of that money? Yeah. If you want to do some low turnover mutual funds, and call that part of your 15% instead of doing the backdoor Roths. I'm okay with that. Okay. But the point being that you're, you're setting aside for your future, 
you know, can I save too much? I don't know. Can you be too rich? I mean, you know, um, <laughs> that's kind of what it comes down to. No, you really can't. Because you could, the richer you are, the more generous you can be, the more people you can help, and the, you know, the the more margin you've got, and the better your sense of humor is, and all that. Hypothetically, assuming you had one to start <laughs> with. But yeah, the uh, uh, yeah, no, so th- <laughs> but the uh, uh, yeah, I, I I think you're right. Um, but I wouldn't say. Uh, we're only going to max out our 401k and then just dump the rest of it on the house and only be saving, only be saving, you know, 10%. I'd be saving 15 into something, even if some of it's bridge or gap or whatever, whatever we want to call the fund and just pick you a low turnover mutual fund, uh, like a, um, uh, uh, something like an S and P 500 fund where there's hardly any taxes on it because it's all capital gains growth. Sure. Yeah, some type of index fund then. Yep. Yeah, that's an easy way, and it's a no commission way to get to a low turnover. You could check with Smart Investor Pro and have them look at show you some non some low turnovers that aren't indexes. I do both. Uh, I got a lot of low turnover money because I'm maxed out a long time ago on this other stuff, and then I'll use some of that low turnover money uh, eventually and go buy a piece of real estate with it because I like real estate better than I like mutual funds. I like them both. I got a lot of money in both, but um, I'm an old real estate dog from way back so i'm always going to go that way dirt just excites me it's just ridiculous so um but that that gives you a lot of options yeah and i love those conversations even the conversation about early retirement and the cool thing about working with a smart investor pro is they can kind of map that out for you so if your goal is to retire by 45 how much do you need to be saving right now in order to reach that goal that's like a financial plan and stuff yeah. Wow, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's very Something. wise, Christina. <laughs> you know, I should have thought of that. Gee, <laughs> <Do you> Dave. <laughs> no, really, I should have. That's really good. That's a really good insight. Because actually, what I'm always doing is big numbers on stuff. Mm. That's the way my brain works. And if he'll sit down and actually map the thing out in detail, like you're suggesting, it gives you a whole different track to run on that my big number math won't do. Right. So I'm I'm good with that. You may even want to back it down further on your traditional mm. if it hits you to your gap or your bridge goal faster. As long as you're putting 15% of your income aside for your future, I mean, we can define it as early retirement. We can define it as 59 and a half and beyond retirement. We always want to do match first, Roth second, traditional third uh, when we can. And uh, so the beauty of these low turnover mutual funds tax-efficient accounts, sometimes people call them, or tax-managed accounts, is that when you do cash it out, if it's sat in there more than a year, it's taxed at capital gains rate, 15%, rather than taxed at, and I mean, if you're making over 400, it's going to be more than that, but if you're making a normal income, it's it's a low tax when you do, where if you put it in like a, uh, like an annuity, where you don't pay taxes on it, but you can get it out later, if you want to screw around with that, you know, you're going to be taxed at ordinary income rate mm. when you take it out. So, uh, and that's, you know, that's a difference in 30%, 15% or 35% or 38%, or 15%. So it's very tax efficient to do these low turnovers once you've maxed out other stuff or when you've got a short of 59 and a half goal, like an early retirement goal. Yeah. Well, at $340,000, it feels like they can probably do both they can do a lot yeah they'll be able to do a whole lot they will go a lot of directions here it's impressive they're doing very well they're, yeah that's a sharp guy man very yeah. cool just keep diving into the plan laying it out and just getting on it cool this is the ramsey show
uncertain world, being a good steward of your money is more important than ever. While some circumstances can't be controlled, there are items within your budget you can take charge of, such as your health care costs. For nearly 40 years, Christian Healthcare Ministries, or CHM, has provided a budget-friendly means of sharing for medical bills when our members need it. Learn more by visiting chministries.org budget. That's chministries.org budget. Christian Healthcare Ministries is a Ramsey Trusted Provider. Christina Ellis, number one best selling author, Ramsey Personality, is my co host today. If you haven't heard the news, the sky is not falling. The real estate world is not crashing. It is slowed down. There's a difference between a slowdown and a crash. Here's the thing. If you're at a, um, you ever been on one of those uh, things, uh, uh, NASCAR experience, you get in the car and you're going 500 miles an hour, 200 miles an hour, whatever it is you go, and then you stop and you get in your car to drive home at 55, it feels like you're walking after having gone 200. Well, the real estate market was going 200 miles an hour. Now it's slowed down to like normal speed, and it feels like you're walking. You've got your systems in shock. And so everybody's going, that's crazy. The world's coming to an end. Oh, my God. Put it on TikTok, and let's see what the TikTok economists say, because they know what's going on. Oh, brother. Jeez, please, people. Seriously. Unbelievable calm your butt down you just got off a nascar ride and you're just driving home that's all it is seriously this is cray cray so that that's what's going on if you want to know what's really happening with the actual data which the data is your speedometer says i'm going 55 i'm not stopped and i'm not in reverse that's what the data tells you your emotions however are still all hyped up and geared up because you're in a car going 200 so you want a reality check on this? You can go. You can watch the replay of our one-hour streaming that we did. Um, several hundred thousand people. I think it's approaching a half million people have now viewed this. Uh, if you want to know what's going on, it's all the data. I actually do something I hardly ever do. I completely nerd it out, and I did my Professor Dave, as Rachel called it, uh, <laughs> routine. But um, you know, the data is where we get these principles, people that we teach. It's not. We don't just like let's just make this up. It's not what we do. So, RamseySolutions.com slash reality check and watch the free, free reality check on real estate. It's a free live stream. Don't miss so it. Good. Question of the day comes from blinds.com. 100% satisfaction guarantee means even if you mismeasure, you pick the wrong color, they'll remake your blinds for free. Free samples, free shipping, and win with the new promos they run every month, you'll save even more. Uh, use the promo code Ramsey to get the best possible deal. Today's question comes from Sarah in Connecticut. My parents aren't helping me with college funds, and I don't want to take a gap year or go to community college. I have a 3.3 GPA, so I'm not getting any scholarships. I have $5,000 saved so far, and I will graduate from high school next year. How do I pay for college with no debt in these circumstances? Well, Sarah, my first question is just why no community college? Um, that's a lot of states have free community college at this point, and it's a great way to get started. Um, once you graduate from a four-year school, your employer's not asking, you know, did you start at community college and then go on to a four-year school? 
you get your four-year degree. So it's a great way to save money. I would just encourage you to maybe open up your mind to that. Um, Beyond that, there's tuition assistance programs, which I just absolutely love. A lot of companies are now helping people not only make an income and pay for their regular expenses, but they're also helping them pay for college. So companies like Starbucks, Amazon, Walmart, Chipotle, Dollywood, Disney, these all have really awesome programs where you can work, get experience, and pay for college. So, You know, one of the first ones I ever ran into was UPS in Louisville. If you work for UPS loading trucks, they'll pay for your school. That's awesome. 100%. Well, they pay well yeah, in you, general. You, you know, so you load trucks, make good money. It's hard work, 20 hours a week, and you go to school full time, and they pay for it. That's pretty freaking incredible. I mean, the whole thing. Yeah. It's like, so shut up. I mean, join UPS. It's not, it's not the Army. It's Big Brown. Load the truck, man. I mean, come on. That's incredible. Yeah. And I mean, their hourly rate is great. So it's like, this is a win. All of these, a lot of these you mentioned mm-hmm. are, are $25, $30 an hour and they'll pay for school or a portion of tuition anyway. Yeah. There's a bunch of, because they're having a hiring, they've got hiring problems. And so they're doing stuff to get people in the door and you're, you're in a, you're in, Yeah. I'd also just challenge you on the idea that you're not going to get any scholarships. There you go. Yeah, because yeah, 3.3 GPA, like you're still in the running. Um, a lot of scholarships, they're not just looking for perfect students. There's a lot of niche scholarships in different areas. So there's scholarships pretty, pretty much given away for everything at this point. There are vegetarian scholarships. There's this amazing golf caddy scholarship where they give away full ride scholarships for being a golf caddy. There's a scholarship for having the best peanut butter sandwich recipe. So No. <laughs> Who is that by? Like Jiffy or somebody? I think it is. It's no like one way. of the peanut butter companies. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so there's scholarships for almost everything. And the thing that I want to encourage people to think about is that scholarships, they're given away by people. Like a lot of people create foundations that then they create a scholarship. And a lot of people who are super successful down the road, they didn't have perfect grades in high school. So they're open to picking people to who are similar to them they want to pick people who maybe you know have incredible potential but don't necessarily have hundreds of millions of dollars of scholarships that are not income based they're not academic based and they're not sports based right and so that hundreds of millions and they're not just for perfect students um so don't write there's probably actually a scholarship for not perfect students yeah i actually saw one probably named that there there's actually a scholarship out there that was for average students (laughs) i saw one recently that it's like you had to have a c average to apply for that scholarship (laughs) (laughs) that's pitiful (laughs) well but but the guy who created the scholarship had a c average i get it and he became a millionaire (laughs) yeah so now multi-millionaire right because he figured out it wasn't where he went to school. So, um, hey, Sarah, I'm going to pick on you a little bit, too. I don't want to take a gap year or go to community college. I just want to go where I want to go, and it doesn't matter if I have to borrow money. Listen, I'm, that sounds a little whiny. You know, go get some scholarships, get three jobs or both, or go to community college. But don't try to box it into where you, only way I get to live my dream is, you're being a drama queen, kiddo. I mean, there's a part of that in this I'm reading in there. Um, you know, you start telling me all the things you don't want to do and that you can't do because you've only got a 3.3. And all of this leads up to the only way I get to do what I want to do is the in, these, in my circumstances that I have boxed myself into, well, don't have to. Right. Well, and I mean, that's a huge factor that's at the core of the student loan debt crisis. We've the ta- number one problem yep. is college choice. Yep. Where you go to school, 
is it because it i mean university of tennessee twelve thousand bucks a year tuition vanderbilt how much like cost of attendance is around seventy thousand. Yeah, but I mean tuition this year fifty six thousand. I think. Ugh, yeah. Okay, and uh, Vanderbilt's a great school, uh, and if you got fifty six thousand or you got scholarships like you did, yep, you went and got a degree there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they but it was all paid for by scholarships. That's all great. That's fine, but if you're writing a check for twelve versus fifty six, and you think you got something for the difference in twelve versus fifty six at Vanderbilt, you didn't. Or even worse, if you're taking out student loans. Because I graduated from Tennessee, and people that work for Vanderbilt, went to Vanderbilt, worked for me. So you didn't get what you thought you were going to get there, people. That's just how that works, all right? So, you know, there's a trade-off, in other words. And this idea that you go to this famous school, and it's like, I went to so-and-so, and you have to say, I have to wear an ascot, you know, or some kind of crap. That's just BS, all right? Or I want to go across the state line because the school has pretty trees, on the campus, one girl actually told me that. Oof. She said the campus at the University of Mississippi is a beautiful campus. It has big trees. <laughs> you're kidding me. This is how you select your academic endeavor. There's a problem here, child. Where hey, is your parents? I love you know. my time at Vanderbilt. No, but it was. I'm not. I'm not trashing Vanderbilt. Free. If you can pay for it, absolutely. Great. If you a- can pay for your dream school debt-free awesome but if it involves student loans or if you're backed into a corner like this hey, you got to think outside we got the box. a we got a, a family member that was valedictorian or salutatorian or whatever got a free ride of any for undergrad went on to be a very successful lawyer it's a wonderful school i'm not mad about it but don't please tell me with a straight face that it's worth 5x to go there what it is to go to your in-state school that's complete bs so school choice matters a lot like community college, Sarah. So now that's me picking on you, kiddo, because I love you. This is The Ramsey Show. Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. In the lobby of Ramsey Solutions, on the debt-free stage, Timothy joins us. Hey, Timothy, how are you? Hey, Dave. Great. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to have you, sir. Where do you live? I live in Columbia, Missouri. Oh, fun. Great. Welcome to Nashville. How much debt did you pay off, sir? Right around $300,000 in about six, six and a half years. Good for you, man. Well done. And your range of income during that time? Oh, 110, 125. Okay. What do you do for a living? Uh, nothing. I'm retired. <laughs> nice. Were you, uh, are you, you make 125 while you're retired? Well, just, just retired. So, oh, okay. What were you doing? What was your career? I started in engineering, mm-hmm. uh, became a manager, and I polished off a 22 year teaching career. Oh, so very good. Good for you. Well done. So, I'm going to guess and say with that amount of money over that period of time, you paid off your house? I did. Oh, I'm looking at a weirdo. Thank Way you. to go, man. Thank you. How? What's this house worth these days? I'd say it's about four and a half. Good for you. 
How much you got in retirement? Uh, three, three point two. <laughs> Thus, the retirement. I like it. So, uh, how much of this did you inherit? Uh, none. I had a few gifts along the way. My folks were very, very gracious in, in giving me a property that was distressed that I fixed up and turned into a rental property. And I've sort of picked that up and done that for mm-hmm. 30 years. And yeah. that's been my side hustle in addition to my professional working career. So, so what was that property worth that they gifted you Well, at the that, time? At the time. at the time, it was about 50. Okay. So you're not a millionaire because of that. No. A multimillionaire. Right. You're a multimillionaire uh, because you systematically saved. R- that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure. Because people say all millionaires inherited their money. And I just want to make sure that people realize that you are not there because of that. You got a nice gift. That was a nice thing. But it isn't the reason you're where you are. It's, no, it, I, t- I took that property. And it was distressed and turned it into a, a winner. So. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, the skills I, 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 I did that with came from my parents who were in real estate and, and, and had, had managed properties themselves. And so I saw the picture of you mowing uh, as a kid. Yeah, you so too. That's pretty much how I started my life yeah. before I became a, you know. So you want your kid to be a millionaire? Teach them to work. That's right. Oh, there it is. Okay. Who knew? <laughs> well, I'd say, you know, the best summer I ever had was probably mowing lawns. And I remember walking home with $100 in cash uh, when I was, you know, probably 19 years old. And I just thought, what? That was when, uh, I think in 1979, I think mm-hmm. the minimum wage was 235 265 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. I'm teaching swim lessons during the day and then, you know, mowing lawns in the afternoon and walking home with $100 cash, and that's like three paychecks for a, a lifeguard. Yeah. So I, When I was a little kid, I was like 12 or 14, I was a math nerd, so I'm as bad as you. I'd be mowing grass, and while I was mowing, I would increase the speed because so, I, I wanted to earn more than three times what my buddies were making flopping whoppers at Burger King. Right. And I said, if I'm a, I'm not going to be a whopper flopper. I'm going to learn. I'm going to I want to make three times the minimum wage. So I've got to I've got to cut this grass at that speed. And so I'm doing the math because I'm a math nerd. While I'm mowing and weed eating, I got to get finished at a certain time. That way I can get my three three x of Burger King wages. Well, and that so, was a, that's how it all starts, right yeah, there. Yeah, I, I I kept side hustling like that. I mean, I I managed three rental properties and. Uh, I do most of the work myself, and, and mowing is a, just a great reward. It kind of takes me back to my roots and, like, why I got into this. I mean, my, I have You're a better man career. than me. I quit mowing, man. Yeah. I well, quit. I just don't. No, I mowed enough grass by the time I was 18, never have to do it again. God said you don't have to. Well, when you spend your days inside a classroom or on a computer, yeah. it's grass. And, it's a release. It is. Yeah. It's really nice to get out, but yeah. uh, working for yourself is, is certainly the way to go, I think. How old are you? I'm 59. Wow, you did so good. Yeah, your story is impressive. What would you tell people is the key to getting out of debt and to also save as much as you have? Uh, I, I think the journey needs to be purposeful. Like for me, it was like take responsibility for your happiness and don't blame others and, um, you know, own failure, uh, learn from it, study it. And just I, I always felt like if you know your weaknesses more than your strengths, that you're you're, you're, you're on the path to improving. And, and I also felt that um, part, of, part of the journey is, is, for me, like I began my journey as a, uh, an engineer and I was I pay, I just wanted money. Yeah. And then mm. um, I got into management and I wanted power and prestige. And those are 
both very addictive and elixing uh, sort of rewards. Mm -hmm. But as you grow older, I think you have to reshape what you work for. For me, it became play and purpose, like teaching. What are you, what are, what, is teaching what you're doing now for fun? I, I quit. Well, I, I retired from yeah. teaching. So, so what do you do now for fun? I, I manage rental property, and I just sort of like, you know, uh, uh, I potted with my parents during the pandemic, and we became best friends. And now mm -hmm. it's like every day is about what we can, we can do to sort of have fun and, and play and have purpose. That's and, fun. and then I just... I, I just reflect on that sort of journey of what the rewards of work are for, but you also, I think it's important to enjoy your work too and enjoy the journey and whether it be, okay, money's great, uh, power's great, um, mm -hmm. prestige is great, but for me, it ended up with play and purpose and the creativity. Yeah. I think teachers, I think, spend a lot of time w with purpose, but the playful way, do you remember when you were young and you just learned for fun? Mm -hmm. That's sort of what I thought was teaching was all about, and so I, I really enjoyed my career. But this I, this kind of wisdom, you need to be doing something to share it, dude. Yeah. You need to be doing something somewhere. I don't, you don't have to get back in the classroom. I'm going to send you back to work. But oh my gosh, you've done so well, and you got to share some of these messages. This is very good. Thank you. Very well done. Very very well done. How's it feel to be 3.2 million in zero debt? Uh, it feels like I thought it would. I mean, I think I think when you're young. You imagine your future self, and when you get to be this age, you you reflect on your past self, like the childhood you had. And so those two, I think, sort of are talking to one another right now, saying, yeah, I knew I was going to be you, and yeah, I knew I was you. Yeah. And it, it's this play and purpose, are, they, they go hand in hand. I mean, when you do things for a reason, and you give to others, and you teach them how to overcome sort of their fear, fear of mm -hmm. failure, and, and how to find their way, and achieve things, and, and do it in a creative way like you do, it's, 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 it just, it gives back to you when you give that way. Yeah. So, I would just say that uh, it's been a wonderful journey, and I, I'm, I'm lo looking forward to the next chapter, which, yeah. which whatever that would be. I'm looking forward to your next chapter. I think <laughs> yes. it's going to be awesome, man. You're, you're amazing. You. You're a hero. I'm so proud of you. Thank you, Dave. Very, very well done. Hey, we got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires for you. You are one, and uh, you will read about people just like you. And you can give it away to show somebody that this is, uh, this is how it's done because you, you are a classic example. Um, you're above average example, but well done. Very well done. So much and, wisdom. Yeah. And a copy of uh, Total Money Makeover. Uh, you can give that away and inspire somebody. Financial Peace University will give you a uh, one-year membership to that as well. And I would imagine I see you giving that away as well. So you never know where you're going to you. be able to spread this wisdom. Very well done, Timothy. Beautiful job, man. You're, you're a stud. Absolutely cool. All right. Count it down. $300,000 paid off in six and a half years, making 110 to 125. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. I'm debt-free. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't miss that. Number one career in the largest study of millionaires ever done that we did at Ramsey, airtight research, number one career, mo more than any other career showed up for millionaires was engineer. Number three was teacher. He was both with a $3.2 million net worth. Don't miss this. Don't miss it. Okay, there's, there's a lesson in there. You don't have to be an engineer or a teacher, but what is it about those people? They're process people. They stick to a system. 
They work a system, and that, and they don't question the law of physics. It works this way. Do it this way. This is the Ramsey Show. Scripture of the day, 1 Thessalonians 1.3, we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Christopher Reeve said, once you choose hope, anything is possible. Christina Ellis, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. Cameron is in Houston. Hi, Cameron. How are you? Hi, Dave. Hi, Christina. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Uh, we're on baby steps four, five, and six, but I feel like we're a little stuck in neutral. My wife is very concerned about using a financial advisor. Um, she, she thinks she's heard too many horror stories of people losing everything uh, from other people handling their money. But I've told her I'm, I'm in need of additional guidance, and, and I want to maximize our finances moving forward. Um, do you have any advice for helping assuage her concerns or anything that I could tell her or, or discuss with her that might help us move forward? I love that she's cautious about this. Okay. There are two right. kinds of fear. The fear that keeps you from playing kickball in the middle of the interstate where there's 18 wheelers or touching a hot stove. Those are good fears, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, fears that make you wary of crooks are good fears. Um, and I will tell you this truthfully, the thing that scares me more than crooks are well-intentioned ignoramuses that are enthusiastic. They will screw you up with money more often and, and screw you up in life more often than actual crooks because there are more of them. Um, And so I I love her caution in that. The other kind of fear is false evidence appearing real. I once heard about a family that had a car wreck, and so I refused to drive a car. Okay. That's where she is. Okay. Okay. So how do you solve that for someone that has this fear that um, that is based in a good kind of cautious wisdom but has gone too far? The only way I know to solve it is with information. Now, the way I would do that is this. Um, if it was my wife, I would say, okay, you know what? I completely understand. Because, by the way, I do. I can say this truthfully. I completely understand that people sometimes get completely ripped off by people in the financial world. Because sometimes they do. But I do know there are some good people in that world that also help people. And I don't know how to do this without some help. And so what I'm asking of you is not that we invest money with someone. Not that we make the decision to use an advisor, but that you agree to do three meetings with advisor with an advisor or advisors to learn okay. about that industry because you and I don't know about it. All I'm asking you yeah. to go is to listen and to learn. If at the end of that you remain completely opposed to it, then we'll deal with that because here's the thing. There's more regulations on those guys, dude, than there is on banks. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, they are so regulated out the yin-yang, it's unbelievable. I don't know how they get any work done for the stupid feds sticking in their ear hole all the time. <laughs> it's nuts. Okay. I mean, they have to give you a prospectus that says you're going to lose all your money in the first 17 pages before you can even see the actual investment analysis behind it. And this is an, this is an investment that's been open 85 years and has not had but five down years. But you still have to say you're going to lose all your money. And they, say, and they make you say stupid butt stuff like uh, past performance is not indicative of future performance. Of course it is. That's dumber than crap. But they make right. you say stuff like that. You know, of course it is. It's not a guarantee of future performance, but it's the only way you do forecasting in investments or business. You have to use past performance to do it. So anyway, my point is when you get in there with a good financial advisor and say, just tell them the truth. She's scared because she thinks there's so many crooks in this business and tell them ahead of time. Show us what the safeguards are. Tell us how okay. the industry works to protect us if you're a crook. Okay. And if they're offended by you saying that, get out of their office because I, if I was in that business, I would love to have this conversation and tell right. the uninitiated how regulated that world is. Um, it's, it's nuts. But anyway, all that to say, I think the other thing that will happen as a sidebar is she'll see a human being that, right. is, that she will sense with her spirit is a good person or is a bad person. Okay. And you yeah. Tr yeah, and you've got you got to trust her when she says that. Absolutely. Now all of our meetings so far have been over the phone, but we do have some in person meetings scheduled soon. Yeah. So I think this will be a good uh, yeah. good way to do it. If we show us the safeguards, might be the best way to no, just to just tell them the truth. She does not want mm -hmm. to do this because she's afraid of all the crooks in the business and the stupid people in the business. Tell us why you're not that or that that's not. Meet with our smart vester pros if you can, dude. Click on yeah. RamseySolutions.com, get with some of them, because they will relish, because they have the heart of a teacher, and this is this is like you're going to give them the opportunity to do what they love to talk about. Right. Okay. Yeah, and we've done a lot of the vetting, too, so we're only going to recommend people that we trust. Yeah. So hopefully that will But I, it always scares me when we do that, because sometimes people will go in there and do business with them just because we trust them. I would rather you trust them. You vet them. You get in there but i mean we vetted them we feel good about them and one of the things we vetted is they're going to have the heart of a teacher and so just okay. you know what are the types of investments i should be scared of what are the types of people i should be scared of and how does that work and i'm really scared and i don't even want to be here i would encourage her to say all of that and if they raise their hackles up and are offended get out of their office don't use them okay okay because i think a good one will say rise to the challenge on this and go i Thank you for letting me tell people how this all works, because I don't get to tell many people how screwed up our business is by the few crooks that are out there. Because truthfully, there's a lot more crooks in the real estate business than there are in the financial business, because real estate business is relatively unregulated. Mm. I mean, there's a little bit of regulation, but not much. And there's not many crooks in the real estate business either. It's, you know, you're not taking people's money there. You're just doing a transaction most of the time. So, but I mean, golly, I think a lot it of is so, I mean, I mean, and there's a lot more idiots in the banking world, a thousand times more idiots than there are in the financial advising world because the, the tests are so hard to get in there, number one, but number, number, it just requires a level of intellect to get in there, gray matter, and you don't have to do that to work in a bank.
Right. Well, I think a lot of people get into these situations and they feel like they're being interviewed. They sit down with an advisor or a real estate agent and they feel like, oh gosh, I well, got to be interviewed. But it's like, you are still hiring that person. Like you get to ask questions. You get to dig deeper. Yeah. And you, feel, you feel inept because you don't know. Right. I mean, anytime you go into a situation and the expert is there, mm. you feel like, 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 you know, and I, but man, I tell you what, the best thing ever happened to me in my life is I learned to bow up on those people and make them prove themselves and by teaching me. Right. Like, I'm not, you don't need to be my lawyer if you can't teach me how we're going to win. You know, you don't need to be my tax guy if you can't teach me why we're doing this and what's going on. You, you know, I, I don't have to be as good as you. I don't have to know everything you know, but you got to be able to transfer the knowledge enough that I get comfort because I'm not doing it because you said so. You ain't my daddy. Right. You know, I said so. Bull crap. Right. My money. You know, we're not doing that. So that's the thing. You got to get to there. And I love his wife's spirit for that reason. I think it'll lead them to really good, solid, conservative investments that they won't get screwed on. That's a wonderful thing. So, folks, you're always looking for someone with the heart of a teacher. Yes. If they're condescending or they're offended by you asking hard questions, which is a form of arrogance or condescension, um, if they um, expect you to do stuff just because they said so, you got the wrong people, whether it's mortgage people, real estate people, insurance people, uh, lawyers, uh, financial advisors. You're looking for the heart of a teacher around the financial world. And I got to tell you, more people learn how to sell in the financial world than learn how to teach. Mm. So the teachers are harder to find, and that's the only people I work with, the only people I'd tell you to work with. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Be willing to look around, ask those hard questions and, and really explore for yourself. I love her heart that she wants to see. Oh yeah. That's a good place to be in. It's a, it's a healthy, there's, there's the unhealthy side of fear that makes her maybe not want an advisor, but being cautious and going in and interviewing people, that's wisdom. Yeah. Instead of just going, I turn it all over to my man. That goes to my church. And the man lost the money. No, no, you are the man. You, you don't turn it over. You get somebody to advise. You're in charge. I love, yeah, she's sitting in the driver's seat, man. That's awesome. Good stuff. Good job, Christina, today. Good job to James, Andrew, Zach, Ben, Austin in the booth. I am Dave Ramsey, your host. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Have you been inspired to make a change with your money? Want to know where to start? Take our three-minute money quiz to get a plan you can follow. Go to RamseySolutions.com and search for Get Started to get a plan for your money.